thinking about it. Hey, hey guys. It is Thursday, October 26th, and we're back for our Thursday chat. And we have a little present. We have a little surprise for you. You guys are always uh, asking us questions about financial stuff. We know that that's a big stressor mm -hmm. for you. So we've got another specialist in here to answer some questions, give you some tips and tricks on the financial side of things. So we've got our friend, Milan Livis, who is going to come up. We're going to let her introduce herself and give you a little bit more detail on who she is, what she does. And then we're going to start asking questions and any questions that you have specifically throw them into the comment section okay. so that we can ask her while we have her here. As you guys know, um, the, the money stuff is not Sam and I's wheelhouse. I mean, we can give you a couple tips and tricks, but we're certainly not okay. specialists. So we wanted to bring someone in who is. So Ms. Milan, hi, thank you for coming. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, just let, let everybody know kind of a little bit more about you and, and what you do. Uh, hello, ladies and whoever is watching us. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to have this call. So a little bit about me. I mean, <laughs> I've lived a long uh, life up until now, so it's a very long story. But <laughs> let, me, let me make it, uh, let me condense it into... Uh, facts. So I um, uh, was divorced, I was depressed, and I was broke. I never ever could imagine that at some point in my life, I will become financially independent. And yet I'm financially independent for over 13 years now. And I was not born into wealth, and I didn't marry the wealthy guy. I created this. And that's why I feel that I'm in the right place and living my purpose, because now I want to teach other women, especially those that are going through such a challenging phase in their life as divorce, or maybe they already divorced and now they have to figure out how to manage their financial priorities. I'm in a place that um, I could help many of you to find a way out of this financial stress without taking a lot of risk that many people who try to catch up take risk and then they worsen their situation. You've mm -hmm. got to be strategic and you've got to feel empowered. And that's why I'm here. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that story too. So, so let's start with a basic question. So what are the most common financial mistakes that you see single parents make and maybe how can they avoid those? All right. So, I just mentioned that you've got to be strategic, right? This is one very important mental um, focus that all of you must have. You've got to be strategic, balancing your financial priorities, because sometimes when you're in a panic state, you feel like, oh my God, I just have to pay uh, my debt with all the money I have, or I, I have to invest and you know I will invest in the stock market with whatever I have. So a lot of people are scattered. Their focus is not uh, on balancing priorities, but they focus on like, I need to, I need to catch up. Mm -hmm. And they take some tips left and right. So what I think is very important is um, to know how to manage balance, uh, how to balance your pre financial priorities. We all balance priorities. Okay, today I have to take my kid to the uh, doctor and then I have to take uh, him or her to the uh, you know football game or whatever it is right but financial priorities also must be managed 
and managed in a way that you actually don't um, fall into bias of presence, uh, like what I have to do right now, but see a short term, medium term and long term in terms of your uh, finances and how strategically plan them. And that's why um, I, with my clients, I use what I call money mapping protocol because that's exactly what they can do using this uh, money mapping protocol. They can tell their money where to go mm-hmm. instead of wondering where it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. So you say, okay, I want to, uh, out of my uh, income, I want to allocate, uh, let's say, 70% or maybe for some it would be 90% toward lifestyle uh, cost. Or maybe someone can allocate only 60 or 50. I have uh, women who went through divorce, got settlement, and now they, you know, have different situations. It would be unique for each of you. And then portion of your income you can allocate toward your loan savings. Uh, I call it um, money buckets, right? So you can allocate toward that. And um, uh, then you can allocate certain portion toward your short uh, savings. And there is a um, suggestions like what what do you uh, use which savings for? Like, for example, long-term savings would be used for emergency fund. If you're planning to uh, to buy a house or if you're planning to maybe uh, start uh, putting money aside for your kids to go to college, whatever it is, long-term. Short-term savings... Again, we, we're talking about percentage from your total income. Short-term savings could be like uh, unexpected uh, health bill or unexpected plumber bill or, um, you know, something maybe you uh, you want to spend time um, with with your family on vacation, with take kids on vacation, maybe buy gifts. So mm-hmm. it's a short-term. And then mm-hmm. the, the uh, final... Um, uh, money bucket is investments you see you've got to manage this you've got to start investing even if you're paying uh that you've got to see how you can where you can get higher uh return on your investment and that's how you balance because a lot mm-hmm. of people uh put all their money that they have available just to pay off the debt and it um i understand the intention behind this but then if you don't have any money to spare, if you get unexpected bill, etc., then you get in another debt, right? So that's why I, I always encourage uh, people I talk to and my clients to see bigger picture, be strategic, and manage your financial priorities strategically. Okay. what What's the amount of money? Like what should single parents aim to save in an emergency fund? I suggest, in general, uh, I suggest somewhere between three to six months of your monthly uh, life lifestyle cost. Sometimes it's not possible. So I would say one month is better than nothing. But ultimately, if you could save t- uh, three to six months of your lifestyle cost, that would be great. And you can build to this. You know, you don't need to um, say, okay, like it's not possible. Start with what you can. Start with where you are and start putting a certain amount across different money buckets. And uh, emergency is one one of the most important. But you at the same time, you have to, like I said, you have to see 
what is necessary right now and where you want to be longer term. Like you've got to keep in mind because, you know, I'm also an energy healer in, in addition to mm. the financial background. So you always uh, must have a vision for the life that you created. And journaling and meditating, it's very important. And, it, you know, maybe for some of uh, your audience, it may sound like a little bit woo, but I'm telling you, I know billionaires who write every day the vision that they are, they're working on mm -hmm. because it works. Yeah, so, we yeah. definitely talk about that all the time, about journaling and meditating and things like that and, and, and using that law of attraction. And so there is, a, there is someone who said, I can't catch up. My ex makes substantially more, but I still pay 46% of my salary. I can't afford to live on my own. Would you mm -hmm. have any any advice or feedback for someone who feels uh, I need a little bit clarification so this person uh, still lives with the ex because she cannot afford to be on her own okay right? that's, we'll ask. that's your understanding so, I would so give assume, us more give us more detail yeah I would assume the 46 percent well it can't be child support um because child support usually can't go over 40 percent but yeah okay need more so I just, just from my understanding that, you know, because of the financial situation, she still uh, has to live with her ex. Um, and uh, look, sometimes in life, we all have to adjust to the situation that we um, are in, right? And maybe yeah. uh, maybe that's, uh, that's the way uh, for her to live for now. But what I'm saying is that You've got to see how you can get out of it. What is the possible next step for you? And plan for this while you're uh, in this challenging situation living with your ex. How you can get out? Start, uh, start putting money aside toward your emergency fund. Start putting money aside maybe toward, uh, if you have that, toward paying off your debt. Um, so manage your priority the best you can and have a vision like what what you creating, and uh, you know if children are very young and you cannot work um, like maybe full time, start doing what you can. Maybe it's a part time. Remember, this phase in your life is a stepping stone for your next phase. Okay, it's not the end of your journey. It's mm -hmm. it's somewhere you know uh, some phase in your journey, and it could be stepping stone, and you will be. Uh, wiser and um, maybe more strategic next time. And I want to uh, bring this to your attention, um, ladies who are watching us, that um, your children, if you have children and they, you know, going through this uh, challenging situation, they're watching you. They're watching every decision you make. They they feel your energy. They feel when you have fear. They feel that too. They They feel your stress when you are stressed out. So be very mindful in terms of what do you model to your kids. Right. Okay? And right. That's, that includes, by the way, that includes money management as well. Yes. Because many people who have problem with money were uh, raised in a, in a family where money struggle was uh, yeah. you know, one of the most important memories that they have. 
Yep. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm one of them. And that's why at some point, like I said, I was uh, broke. And uh, because most of my life, I was afraid that I will not have enough. So yeah. I had to go through all this rewiring and um, and then, you know, started with uh, investors and started with uh, spiritual mentors and et cetera, et cetera, to get to the place where I am. So it's a journey. And mm -hmm. this this journey will change you. It will transform you and you will become a completely different person, more uh, um, focused, empowered, more clear. So see it as a journey, not as a destination. And uh, whatever challenging place you might be in right now, just know that it's just a stepping stone. It is. Yeah. I, I think that's really true. I, I know in my own story, I was I had money when I was married. We were fine when we were married. Got through my divorce. My divorce cost me six figures. I was poor. I bought a house. I bought a new car. And I put myself in a hole. And I, my monthly bills were more than what I could afford. And I sat for probably, I would say, six to eight months just in a pity of like, what the fuck is going on? He didn't pay child support. I needed that child support. And I dug a really big hole. And I thought, oh my God, this is my life. This is what it will be forever. And then just on a whim, somebody offered an opportunity to me to join an MLM. I joined it. And that little bit of extra income changed my whole life. But for that mindset, though, I was. I was stuck in that mindset thinking I should have never got divorced. I should have just stayed with him. I'm always going to be struggling. Woe is me. I'm broke as hell. I'm like I was a teacher. There was no way for me to work extra hours. Right. So I was like, how the hell will I ever make more money? I can't work any more than I'm already working. But it was just taking an opportunity. But I had to have the right mindset to be open to see an opportunity in front of me that said, grab a hold of that right now. Do that for however long you need to do that to earn some extra money. And I slowly dug myself out of the hole that I put myself in. And it wasn't, it wasn't you know, I, it slowly led me to more opportunities. And it was it was a mind shift change that led me to Jared, that led me to financial freedom, that led me. I mean, my path kept changing because I kept looking for a change instead of the whole, oh, is me. I'm just, I'm so sad. I'm so single. I'm so poor. Like I had to go looking for stuff. I had to be ready for it to, to be in front of me and accept it. Um, so this commenter, I think is we have both male and female inside of our groups um, that are, that are, that are watching. And I think this is probably a male or a gay couple. I can't really tell, but, and it doesn't matter. Um, but it's saying that that person does live with their dad now to save money because they are paying 46% in child support and alimony. Um, and she makes over a hundred thousand dollars and I make a little more than, than half of the working 60 hours and only get seven hours of visitation. So outside of the visitation comment, you know, already working 60 hours a week, losing 46% of his pay to go to the ex-wife, what can he do? What can he do to kind of get ahead or at least break even or not feel so beat down? Do you have any advice? So, Sam, first of all, uh, the story that you shared is very powerful. I appreciate that you shared yeah. this. Thank you. And to, to comment on, on this uh, situation, um, I've, I've worked with people who had horrible divorce. Horrible. I mean, the, the spouse was living in the multi-million mansion and she had like four kids struggling, you know, paying yeah. for, for their expenses. So you don't always have control over your ex. 
You don't always have control over your situation. Focus on what you can control at the moment, right? If you have to live with your dad right now, it's so be it. And see how you can, you know, there are four levers that you could use to change your financial situation. One is have more income. And maybe that's your situation right now. Maybe you've got to find another job that uh, will provide you, like uh, Sam was saying, like a little bit more income really was helpful. Mm-hmm. Second level is decrease your expenses. Look look at your, start tracking your uh, cash flow. Yeah, there that, is something that you could adjust for the moment. You know, like it's not forever. It's for now. Right, what can right. you adjust for now? Another one, uh, but that's kind of like if you're in a, in a, in a place to use that, is uh, use what I call good debt, right? So um, many people created wealth by leveraging other people's money. So mm-hmm. for that, you have to have a good credit uh, uh, score, a good uh, a job like W2, because right now it's very uh, hard to um, borrow money. And personally, I don't think it's the right time to invest in real estate at the moment, because I uh, expect we already see that, that commercial real estate is going down, then residential may go down. So be careful. But that's one of the levers that people use to change their overall financial situation. And the fourth lever is your mindset and your education, your knowledge, right? We talked about mindset a lot. Try not to get sucked in into pity party for too long. I understand mm-hmm. that we all like sometimes feel sorry for ourselves. Yeah. But give yourself a um, deadline. You know, I'm going to start looking beyond my past. And because you, you, you still live in, in your past, even though it's your past. So start living in the present and in like start condition yourself for the future. That's why I told you, have a vision of the lifestyle that you want to create, right? Stop, yeah. stop being conditioned by what, what happened in the past. Start conditioning your mind, your vision, your choices, your decisions uh, by what you are creating at the moment. Right. And then I think for, for this person, you know, alimony will eventually run out. It'll stop unless it's for life, which does suck. But I think when once you start accepting that, okay, I'm losing 46% of my pay, I'm losing it. Like I can't change it. I can't control it. I'm losing it. It's like the money gods. I think Lee and I are really starting to get into the money God universe, you know, theory that if we believe it'll happen, it'll happen. And I think once you accept things about your life, you're, the doors open on the other side. But when we hone in on that negativity for so long, it's hard. I just had a mom that was questioning whether she should take her ex-husband back for 2,600 bucks for a car that she had bought her kids. And I told her, I said, I'm all for it. If that's what you want to do, you want to go spend money to go get $2,600 back. I said, but what would happen if you just let that go? How do you think the universe would repay you for just accepting that you've already spent it. You've already bought the car. You've already spent the 2,600 bucks. Let him get away with not paying it. But you holding on to this, you know, vengeance that he owes you this $2,600 is closing the door on so many other money opportunities that are probably trying to get to you, but you can't see them because you're so isolated on this $2,600 that you're missing all of these other opportunities because your negativity. Very good point. I just I just want to say you brought up very very important point. A lot of people are 
keep focusing on the problems, mm-hmm. keep focusing on what uh, someone did to them. And uh, I think what helped me to get out of my um, very, very dark situation in the past, I started focusing on solutions. What can I do? Can, yeah. What can I do? What can I do now? What can I do in one month? And start start, start um, planning this, not only like through journaling, that's important, not only visualizing, that's important, but start aligning your choices and your decisions with what you want to experience. In the mm-hmm. case that in uh, what you what you describe right now, this person she was not thinking about solutions, right? Like like you said, this twenty six hundred dollars she probably could make it easily, but the energy that she put in this uh, vengeance mm-hmm. uh, toward this ex was wasted on something that could be productively making her much more than that just right. like yeah. what you did with your decision yes. to join mlm and um, have additional income look you've got to manage multiple priorities and now i'm not talking about financial priorities you've got to continue working maybe through your divorce lawyer and deal with your uh with your ex uh, and resolve it but at the same time it's a new phase in your life start building this as your new phase, you're not relying on anyone. Be, that's why I, I like to help people become um, financially independent because that's the only way to become truly free. Yep. Free from access, free from uh, government, whatever, like mm-hmm. truly free. And um, that's why it's a shift in the way you think and shift mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in what you focus on. Focus yeah. on solutions, not the problems. Yeah, deal, everything deal is everything is mindset. You're so right. Because I feel like if you've decided that there's no other way, if you've decided that you're stuck, if you've decided you're the, you're the victim and there isn't any other option, then you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. But if you look for the solutions, if you if you're open to opportunities and meeting people and things unfolding for you, then they will. It really is what your expectations are and what you believe. I remember after my second divorce, I had to leave a job that I love to go get a new job that I couldn't stand because it paid more money. And it allowed me to afford a teeny tiny, ugly little townhome that I could live in with my daughter. I was, and, and then it was lockdown happened. So I was working full time from home. I was homeschooling my kid. I was doing all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the grocery shopping, taking care of the cats, doing it all. But I knew I wasn't happy and I knew I wanted more money. And so that was the catalyst for me to start my own business. So even though I had a million things going on and I was responsible right. for so much stuff, that's how I started my coaching business and helping other people was the knowledge I had from my own experience going through divorce. So there really is always an option. And I love this comment from Lexi. She says, I hated my ex and the fact that he never helped me with anything and I never seemed to get ahead. So I started putting money aside and saving where and when I could. And then I moved out and just took on full responsibility of my child. And I am now able to live on my own as a single mom, handling all the bills alone. So congratulations. That's amazing. Right. And yeah, these things happen all the time. You 
feel stuck, but what are you telling yourself about your scenario? What conversations are you having about your situation and about yourself in your mind? That is determining the results that you're seeing. Even if you feel like you're under this pile of things, there's always a way. So if you decide that you're going to look for the possibilities and you're going to look for the solutions, like Nilan is saying, you will find that, but you have to be open to it. You can't just decide that there's no other way. I just, I love what you just uh, shared. And uh, uh, I want to share this phrase, which I think uh, it's my coach that uh, said this. And it says, you're not stuck, you're stubborn. If you feel stuck, it's because you're stubborn, because you keep focusing on the same thing over and over again, right? So just... uh, I think we see that a lot in our clients. You know, we get on calls and it doesn't have to be about money. It could be about another solution. But if they're hell bent on just staying in that negative victim mindset, we could give them 100 solutions if, if they're stubborn and stuck on no, no, no. And it's like, okay, but you can't change that. You got to start at some point looking another direction. Yeah. Otherwise, you are going to go nowhere but be stuck. But it's that stubbornness of like, but no, this isn't fair. And I'm like, I didn't yeah. say it wasn't fair, but we got to move on. <laughs> like we can't stay over here. Or finding the reasons why it won't work instead of right. trying to find the reason that it might work or that it yeah. won't work. It really yeah, it's a catch, catch 22. Once you start thinking, oh, it, that wasn't fair and this uh, isn't fair. You know, it's hard to find fairness when you really not looking outside of the box. Right. And looking outside of the box is looking for solutions. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe it wasn't fair. Maybe it was a bad decision that you made in the past or uh, someone else, um, you know, hurt you, whatever. But now it's up to you how to respond to this, right? Yeah. So, and and uh, unfortunately, this mindset uh, focus on the problems on the past and how, you know, unfair it was. It's a very, very common uh, issue that people experience, common state of mind. It's a state of being that, you know, some people just feel stuck. I was in this state of being. And it took it took me um, help from the coach um, some time and uh, a lot of personal work on myself to mm-hmm. shift this. Right. Because I was stubborn. I was not willing to look outside of the box. Mm-hmm. And yeah. do, do the That's hard true. things. Sometimes you got to sell stuff. Sometimes you got to stop going to Starbucks. Sometimes you got to stop getting your nails done. Like, yeah. I mean, Sam, you were bartering right? for oh. your gym membership. You were cleaning toilets. You were I, trying. You were trying to find a way. Yep. I sold garage sale stuff. I was on Facebook Marketplace as soon as it came open. I was doing everything. I was bartering services, mowing yards for free internet. I mean, once my neighbor knew I was stealing it anyways from him, he said, will you at least mow my yard? And I was like, sure. So, I mean, I had free internet for two years because I was robbing it from my neighbor, but I mowed his yard for it. I mean, when you're poor and struggling, you got to do what you got to do to put food on the table, to make sure your lights are on and make sure you have gas in your car until you're ready. Now, I think all that hustle that I did do, that's why my MLM took off because I knew how to hustle. I already knew how to hustle for money. So that's why that worked too, is because I was open to it and I needed it and I worked it. I didn't yeah, sit there and go, oh, I tried and it didn't work. I hustled it. I made it work. Look, ladies, what is common, like the three of us, three different stories, but what is common is that we all went through this hustle time mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. all kind of uh, felt for some time felt pity for ourselves, but then we 
you know, put our uh, big girl pants on, whatever, right. and and had to do what we had to do, yeah. right? And the good news is that it's possible to be on the other side of the fear. It's possible to be on the on the other side of desperation and um, being broke, etc. So it's right. like I said, it's just a stepping stone for whatever reason yeah. your soul journey needed this experience so you will grow because right. all these financial struggles look sam you're not the same person as you were before no. you're yeah. much stronger you're much more confident you're much more clear so we all needed to go through this challenging time right. to transform ourselves so right. true Absolutely. and aubrey just met, has a great comment too she says i was a stay-at-home mom for almost six years with a small part-time hustle that still makes up the difference now i reached out i networked i sought possibilities and through friends and connections i'm making the most money i've ever made at a job i love two years later and i'm supporting my kids and household the push is hard but be willing to do the hard things i right. love that beautiful absolutely right really well said mm -hmm. congratulations congratulations that's yeah amazing and so debt is a huge um struggle that's something that it weighs heavy on a lot of our clients is it's like how am i ever supposed to get out of all this debt be it credit card debt or whatever it is lawyer so debt. you just have any like just a couple effective strategies for single parents maybe to pay off debt without feeling like they're compromising like their, their well-being or for, for themselves or their family okay so first of all i mentioned that you've got to manage your financial priorities and when it comes to debt, don't put all your all your money that you have available toward debt. You've got to always build up your emergency fund. So if, if something happens, you don't have to go back into debt. When it comes to repaying uh, debt repayment, there are two, um, two methods, right? One is uh, choosing the smallest loan, um, regardless of the interest rate, like the smallest loan amount, regardless of how... Uh, high or how low the uh, interest on this loan is and start paying all of this uh, effort that you uh, all of the money that you have put uh, into repaying this loan that's uh, i think it's called snowball i uh, personally um because i'm very strategic i the way i repaid my dad i chose the loan with highest interest rate not with the smallest amount because smallest amount uh, you will pay and you will say, oh, now I, I have only two loans to, to repay, right? So emotionally, it's uh, uh, maybe convenient and uh, pleasing. But uh, the other method would be to choose the loan with the highest interest rate and put all your effort, your focus, your money, available money to repay the loan with the highest interest rate. Okay, and then you move and you pay um, while you're doing that. Obviously, you have to pay the minimum on all other loans. If you have multiple loans, you have a minimum uh, on all other loans and you pay more than minimum toward uh, whatever you can toward the one with the highest uh, interest uh, um, on, on the loan. And then you once you that's done, then you move to the next one. So I actually on my YouTube channel, I recorded a couple of videos going in more detail uh, how to uh, repay that using these two different methods. So Which they can 
Would you recommend um, people calling whoever they owe debt to and asking, negotiating the price, whether it be credit cards, hospital bills? I don't think people think that's a real thing. You can negotiate anything. You can. You know, what do you have to lose? So the the worst scenario, they will say no. But it's absolutely, and you've you've got to be very courteous and say, look, uh, I pretty much at, at the point where I either stop paying this or I will pay, mm-hmm. you know, at the low, lowest percentage. And I would appreciate if you work with me. So just find the script and um, just give give it a shot. I always yeah, I, recommend. I, I to tell you that that definitely it. happens because that job I was just telling you about that I had to get that I hated. I was a litigation negotiator. I, I, what I did was on behalf of my clients, call these people they owe debt to, to try to negotiate them down. You can literally do that with anything. If you right. owe, let's just say, for example, $2,000, you can call them and say, well, I have $1,000 I could give you right now yes. if we can settle this debt. And a lot of times they'll take that and wipe away that other thousand. I mean, obviously the, the values change, but from credit card to credit card, different loans that you have, you can 100% call them and try to negotiate a settlement. One of my clients, uh, and you know, this is very, very important aspect of uh, paying off that. Uh, she called, yeah, she, she couldn't imagine before, like we talked that she can actually negotiate that. And she had consolidated that like over 30,000. I said, call and uh, negotiate the interest rate and see what else you can do. She negotiated interest rate and she negotiated the amount down. So mm-hmm. it's totally possible and it's absolutely important to give it a shot. Yes, everywhere, even your attorney. You know, I've told the story before. I went to, at the end of the year to my attorney and I owed, I think like, I think seven or eight grand. And I said, I have 2000. How about you wipe my debt? And she's like, come on. And I said, okay, 3,500 cash. I'll give you if you wipe my debt clean. And I gave it to her on like December 23rd. And she wiped the rest of my debt clean from my account because she wanted the cash at the end of the year. And, right. and it was so easy. Like she, I mean, we went back and forth a couple of times. It was funny. It was, it was lighthearted because I had a good relationship with my attorney, but she knew I'd already paid out of the ass you know, all those years. And she wanted to be done with me too. And it was, but I didn't pay off my divorce for 12 years. I mean, 12 years I made payments on my divorce. So it's a long time for some of us that owe a lot of money to those people. But the other thing is that whole time, guys, I felt like there was this huge cloud and weight over me. And you have to realize it's not going anywhere. Like it's just a payment, you know, like don't feel bad that you owe your attorney money. You still got to live life. You still got to go to the grocery stores. You still got to do stuff with your kids. Don't make yourself so negatively mindset because you're like, oh, I have this attorney bill. Oh, I, there were some weeks I only paid 25 bucks because that's all I had. Now, other weeks I'd pay 250. Other weeks I'd pay 75. I paid what I could. She was pretty flexible with that. Again, we negotiated that out in our contract. But you guys have to keep living your life. You can't turn everything off and be like, woe is me. I mean, it's just another utility bill. That's the way I looked at it. It was just another monthly bill that I had. And you have to keep living. You can't stop everything and, and stop doing absolutely everything in your life and be miserable because you have this attorney bill. And I very know good, you have it. Very good point, Sam. And I just want to share, I, I had several cases like that when people were working with attorney without clear kind of outcome that they want to receive and they were paying through the roof and uh you know the bills were coming but there were no results that they wanted and i said sit down and outline what is the outcome by what date that you want to accomplish 
because like you said, it may go for years and I have people uh, who work with me, they, they, they work for years with the uh, attorney, divorce attorney. Yep. So be very clear what you want them to accomplish. And you know what? If they don't uh, fit the bill, change the attorney, right? Both of them changed the attorney in the in case of my clients, and they found someone who was more responsible. And you, you've got to interview them. You've got to yeah. really be very clear what, what is the outcome that you want them to deliver, uh, for the investment that you make in, in their service. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's your investment in the service to help you get out of the situation. You've got to read your contract. Return, if, yeah, if you don't get return on your investment, contract is very important, but also be very clear what exactly that you want them to accomplish and what is the um, estimated time that they think they would be able to, to, to do that for you. So it shouldn't be like forever. Right. 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 I've I've had a lot of clients lately find attorneys that do flat fees, which I just think is genius for the client. If I could have known that I could have paid my attorney $20,000 and say, okay, here's 20,000. I have you until I'm divorced. I would have been $80,000 ahead, (laughs) but I didn't. I mean, so interview attorneys and ask that knowing your contract and knowing what you're paying for and that whole, if I don't get the the solution that I'm paying for, do I still owe? I mean, it's it's one of the craziest things. We pay for something to have a shitty result. It just blows my mind. So read your contracts, but negotiate anything, any debt that you have. You owe on a lawnmower, negotiate it. Call the place. Tell them you're broke. Tell them you're not going to make the payments. Tell them you're stop making payments unless you can reduce it by 50%. And people will work with you. You just have to do the embarrassing thing of calling and admitting that you're broke and start negotiating. It's either that or your kids suffer. And I think what Melanie was saying at the beginning is so important. And we tell you guys this all the time. What you're doing is modeling to your children. So if they see this negativity around money, they're going to grow up with negativity and fear base around money. If they see you struggling, they're going to have guilt when they ask for money from you for sporting events or a birthday party. They're going to be like, oh, mom's always sad about money. I probably shouldn't even tell her I got invited to that because that costs too much money. That costs too much money. And so you got to be really mindful. There's, there's a difference between teaching your kids to be responsible with money and making them worry about money at a young age because you are literally setting a foundation for how they're constantly going to think about money the rest of their life. So be very mindful of how much you share about your woes with where you are financially in your life as a single parent. Well, you cannot fake it because kids, mm-hmm. kids feel it. Right. You know, it's, it's like they like sponges. Yep. They feel your energy. So you you really have to work on yourself and, and teach them. Use it as a teachable moment. Yeah. I can tell you that uh, one of my clients, she had five kids and she said, I see how they change because now when she has money date, I call it money date, and she tracks her money, kids sit down with her. And she showed them, you see, I'm paying this for utilities, this for yep. this, and uh, you just need to plan your money. She said, you know, I see the difference in the way in the way they perceive money now just by me getting them involved Showing in a very empowering way, not like fearful, oh, I can't afford right. it. Be very careful with the words that you choose not only with yourself because you know you're listening right your subconscious mind is listening but also with your kids if you yeah. keep saying um we can't afford this or like stop uh, you know stop uh, doing this because it cost me too much money or whatever yeah. 
they will they will um, feel this uh, fear of money uh, mm -hmm. in their body in their being. So it's very important what you what words you you use when you talk to them and for yourself as well because you cannot fake yeah. it. You cannot. Yeah. So true. And before we go, Milan, I wanted to just touch on credit score. So how, what are some, some things that single parents can do to try to increase their credit score? And, and how important is that, that they, that they do that? So credit score is important if you uh, need to rent an apartment because, you know, most uh, landlords uh, look at the credit score. Uh, if you want to buy um, a house, and get a mortgage. If you want to buy a car and you get a loan, it is important. And uh, I can tell you that you know if you pay, um, even if you if you cannot pay in full, so negotiate whatever loans you have. Uh, the funny part is that if you have loans and you pay them uh, like monthly, your credit score will get improved. That's one thing. And, um, you know, I, I went through like very low credit score because I couldn't pay for certain things. And I built it up that way. Yeah. Right. I was just paying uh, uh, consistently. And also there are companies that help you to improve. They, they, they tell you, oh, open card maybe with this uh, with this store and uh, pay it off because it, it's um, it's the, the, the consistency in your pattern and your behavior that they pay attention to. Mm -hmm. If you consistently so, pay the loan, then they will they will increase your credit score. What about in those scenarios where, because this happens often, semi-often, I mean, Sam can probably attest to this, where if someone was a, a stay-at-home mom forever and their spouse was the one handling all the money so they don't have any credit cards in their name, right. they don't have any loans in their name, the house was not in their name, and now they have to move out on their own if they don't have that credit history what kind what can they do to start trying to build up their credit when they don't have it well usually uh you know uh, dealing with uh, improving credit history uh, improving credit score is not really my forte i can tell okay. you what i've done is open the credit card that you can like i don't know some store uh, store credit card and start paying it off. It it will take mm. some time to build it up if you don't have any credit score uh, credit history at all. But it's uh, getting some uh, loan, small loan, and paying it off. Getting another loan and paying it off. Okay. Uh, you, can, you can maybe uh, like in my case, for example, I opened the card um, that uh, uh, you know offered points to pay back, and so I was using these points, the rewards points. And I was making sure that I will pay it off. And that's how I build up my credit mm -hmm. as well. Okay. I have heard people use prepaid credit cards too. I've never had one, but I have heard people talk about that where, where you kind of like, let's say you have $300, you can open up a credit card, you put that $300 on there and then it builds your credit as you use it, but you can only use up to that amount and then you have to pay it back. So that could be an option too, if you're looking that's to interesting. Credit that's score. interesting. Yeah. So Sam, do you have any other questions? I don't think so. I think she nailed a lot of things, a lot of the worries yeah. that people have, a lot of steps that they can take to get out of it. But I think the one thing that all of us preach to everybody is it's that mindset. You got to be able to be open to solutions. You got to be open to first self-recognition of knowing how deep is the hole you're in. I mean, really looking at those finances. I remember the first time I looked at mine, it was fucking scary. 
it was scary to see, oh shit, here's my salary. Here's what my bills are. <laughs> Those two numbers aren't the same. And that's why, Sam, it's a very good point. That's why it's very, very important to, to have some kind of money tracker. Yeah. Uh, you can you can find some online. I program my spreadsheet for my clients so they track their money and they also map uh, their money in, into different uh, money buckets. Tracking your money, being aware of your cash flow, it's super important step because now you, you're not... Uh, blindfolded you know what yeah. is coming in and what is coming out without this awareness you cannot really change it because yeah. you will keep just uh you're being, you're being stubborn and you're just being blind because you don't want to know how bad it is and, and that is not going to fix the problem and i will say right. we just recently went through our credit card and figured out that we had two subscriptions that we weren't even using and hadn't been using them for two years. And they were still coming out every month and they totaled over $125. And it was like, what are we doing? But our, we use our credit card for everything. So we didn't see it. We weren't looking, we're just paying off our credit card paying and not really looking at the, so really go over your finances and banks make mistakes and stores make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So you guys really got to, you just got to look at it. I know it's hard. I know it's ugly. It's embarrassing. It's worrisome but you need to look at your bills and write it all out and have some kind of functionality to it and really just own it for what it is and cut things out. If that means you have to cut cable, you cut cable and you steal it from your neighbor for a while. It's a habit. It's a very good money habit to have. Yeah. Even yeah. when you start getting more money, it's a good habit to have because you will say, okay, so now I have more, I can do this and that. But you you are aware of, of your cash flow, of yeah. the money that's uh, coming in and coming out. So it's not only for the difficult times, it's also for better times that you've got to really keep track of your cash flow. Exactly. So exactly. True. This was awesome. Milan, thank you so much for coming in here and giving all of this great advice. And so where is this, is your website the best place for people to reach you if they have more questions or want to touch base about maybe working with you? I want to offer, my website uh, has a lot of information because I have a blog and I have all kinds of uh, videos there as well. Good. But uh, today I want to offer something very special to your audience. Oh. It's a complimentary consultation with me. Where I will I will help you to see what is the best next step for you considering your particular situation, and to get this um, uh, consultation to schedule it, uh, go to speakwithmilan.com. Speakwithmilan.com. Uh, very easy to remember. It's like uh, speak with and then M I L L E N. Yeah. And you can schedule your uh, complimentary consultation and let's see what uh, you could do considering where you are right now because different people uh, are in different situations and maybe um, you have to do something that you didn't even think about right so I, I i've done this for many years and uh, i know that it's very very helpful for many people when you have a pretty much private consultation uh, by the way the value is 497 dollars it's my gift to you okay uh, if you guys Thank don't you. jump on that, you're stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, you're not stuck. You're stubborn. That's right. Yes. That's right. Thank you so much. That is really generous. And I hope everybody takes advantage of that offer. That's amazing. 
So thank you. thank you guys for hanging out with us. Again, if you have questions, reach out to Milan. If it's about money stuff, if you have any other questions regarding your divorce, don't hesitate to reach out to Samurai. Uh, and we will be back live again next week, definitely Thursdays and probably before then because we usually hop on. Yeah, we'll be on this weekend for sure. For sure, you guys. Take care, yeah. everybody.